0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Jay Mack here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Phil and for Writer. This is the Writer Than You show, uh, but Billy are out for the day. Um, so uh, I'll try and hold down the fort for another hour. Uh, We're scheduled to talk to Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel. Uh, haven't been able to grab Rex just yet. Uh, could be a transit thing because coming back across the pond does screw up everybody's timing. i uh, got to reset that watch and uh, know exactly what time you are now in or dealing with. Uh, so we haven't been able to establish contact with rec just yet. But hopefully that is the case because that was uh, the biggest story of the day. For me yesterday, um, the final major of the year and Cam Smith absolutely went out and just crushed it with a uh, minus five on the backside, a 30 for the final six, for the final nine, uh, and five consecutive birdies, uh, the lowest final nine ever in an open, uh, and he was just stone-cold phenomenal, made every putt that he had to make, including a birdie on the 18th, which he needed when his uh, playing partner, Cam Young, uh, hold an eagle putt, To pull into a tie, Cam Smith had to make a birdie to salt away the victory and put Rory McIlroy on the back burner, uh, and uh, Rory unfortunately came up short. I thought he was going to get it. I thought it before the tournament. I definitely thought it when he was up by two strokes on the uh, front side, Uh, but Cam Smith just was phenomenal yesterday, and uh, I need to give him a a bunch of credit for that. Uh, So the majors are done for the year. Yes, we've got a President's Cup yet to come this year. This is not a Ryder Cup season after the majors are over and done. Well, there's some other good tournaments. Um, I'm not as into uh, the late-season tournaments as other golf guys are and the FedEx Cup. FedEx Cup is cool. It's fun. It's great for the players because it's uh, big bucks. But if we're talking about golf and bucks, yes, then you need to talk about the Live Tour And I did see this uh, earlier today, uh, that Henrik Stenson, who was scheduled to be the Ryder Cup captain for the European team next year, has officially signed on with Liv, and that means that he is going to have to give up his captaincy for the European team. Um, No great surprise there. Uh, I... (sighs) I'm so torn by how I think the players have handled this new startup league and the funding that uh, is allowing Liv to be able to put these unbelievable, just basically contracts together for guys to show up that they don't necessarily have to win. There's prize money above and beyond, but it pales in comparison to what the guys are getting just to sign contracts and guaranteeing their appearances for the number of tournaments they have on Live Live every single year. Uh, Henrik Stenson is the latest. Matt Adams did tell me yesterday, and if we can get a hold of Rex Hoggard and we can punch him up, I'll see if he has any more information on it, that there were going to be further announcements of guys leaving their respective tours to join the Live tour Henrik Stenson being the latest one and the biggest name because he is the Ryder Cup captain for the 2023 Ryder Cup. It's a pretty big deal. I want to fault the guys that have done this. And yes, mostly of it is most of it is because of those who are funding the live tour I'd never heard of the phrase "sports washing" before, but it's one now that we have to be uh, accustomed to because, um, yeah, that's that's what's going on here uh, with the Saudi f- financial backing of the live tour. Um, if I were in the same position, yours truly's been doing sports talk now for 35 years. At my 35-year anniversary uh, earlier in the month, uh, so I've been doing this for a long time. But if a new venue came out and that everyone was an individual contractor, that guys weren't signed to contracts with the outlets that they were working at now. And most are. Yours truly isn't because I'm your basic uh, fill-in-the-gaps kind of guy. I am Mr. Part-Time. I've got uh, six part-time gigs, so that basically adds up to a full-time gig. But they are uh, each unto themselves a uh, part-time deal. So uh, I'm actually under contract in only one of the places that I do work. Uh, But I could do whatever I wanted to. And, oh, by the way, the golfers aren't under contract to the PGA. They, they know the PGA rules. They know what the benefits are being a PGA member. But there is no contract in place that says you can't go somewhere else and play golf somewhere else and get paid millions of dollars just to show up somewhere else. If it were me and I were in the same exact situation that I wasn't under a contract that kept me from uh, listening to and eventually accepting an offer to go play a different tour for someone else, for some somewhere else, but get millions of dollars for just showing up. Yeah, how do you say no to something like that? And um, that that is... Something that uh, people have debated, and I uh, had the chance. As I said, talk to Matt Adams uh, of the Golf Channel over the weekend, and um, he said it is something that pops up in every single conversation. He's was at uh, the British Open and in the clubhouse, and uh, out and about in town in St Andrews, and yes, it's even even during the weekend of the Open, people are still talking about the Live Tour and what it's going to do to the PGA and what effect it's going to have. Uh, It's not something that's going to go away anytime soon. As a matter of fact, the conversation is going to be ratcheted up as more guys decide to defect to the Live Tour, including Henrik Stenson this week. Can you really blame the guys for taking the money at this time? Uh, it's going to have a major effect on the PGA, certainly in the upcoming 2023 year. We've put the majors to bed for the year, but we still have uh, the FedEx Cup and the playoffs to get there and uh, the President's Cup, which is kind of a standalone event uh, that, oh, by the way, Liv will have a major effect on for both the U.S. team and the international team. Um, It is something that we can debate as to are these players who are deciding to join the live tour, are they sellouts or are they just guys that are doing what they need to do for their families? And I know people get so ticked off when any player mentioned, I need to worry about my family. And these are guys who've already made millions of dollars. But uh, for those of us who haven't, we can't comprehend the same exact financial circles that they are participating in. So, Anytime anyone offers you that much more than you've ever made before, even if the number is huge to begin with that you've already made, how do you tell someone, well, you shouldn't really take that much more because you're obligated to stick with the outlet that allowed you to become a millionaire however many times over? I I can't, uh, in good conscience, just bury the guys who've made the decision to uh, grab at the money. Uh, I think I might do the same exact thing. Now, here's where it's going to get fun and going to get interesting going forward. At some point, the Live Entire Entity is going to have to start to make some money, are they not? Because they are working very much in the red right now. The account, uh, the kind of contracts, and the amount of money that they've lavished on these players both American and international, is off the charts. And their broadcast outlets are streaming more so than network television. At some point, they're going to actually have to say, all right, here's what it's costing us to run this, and here's what we're taking in. Man, that's a lot of ready ink on a balance sheet. Now, uh, are they getting the residual benefits of having ties to well-liked uh, individuals in the golfing game? Yeah, sure. Can you put a price on that? Do we, can we say how many millions that is worth for the goodwill that they get by having these high-profile and, in most cases, pretty damn popular players playing on their tour? I, I don't know that ec- the economics of that. If we get Rex Hoggard up here, maybe he can Give us a better financial breakdown, because I, I understand what you got to do to be able to win tournaments. I know the kind of shots you got to make. I'm not sure exactly how you decide whether a, uh, a tour, like the Live Tour, can be considered successful if they're bleeding millions and millions, not tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. If that's the case, can they actually continue? To? How long is this going to go on? Is there a spot where? The money behind the live tour says, all right, we we need to start to cut into our deficits here. We can't continue to do this. For as long as we uh, have, Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. So I would certainly want to talk more about the Open itself and what Cam Smith did. Uh, I will run this by Rex Hoggard when we get him on. Um, One of the most telltale uh, stats after yesterday's uh, victory by Cam Smith for me was the fact that we had Four different major winners this year. That's not a big deal. Happens uh, more often than not that you have four different winners. To try and win two majors in one season is a tremendously difficult accomplishment to begin with. But never before in the history of the PGA Tour had four different winners won the four majors. And all four individuals were 30 years of age or younger. And that is the case this year, uh, starting with uh, Scotty Scheffler, with uh, Justin Thomas uh, winning the playoff against Will Zalatoris, uh Cam Smith coming up big. All of your major winners this year are less than 29. I don't want to forget Matthew Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open, uh, 29 years of age or younger. So we are seeing a new generation of players All four of these major winners have decided to stick it out as of right now. Will the uh, allure of the Live Tour eventually get them? We're going to have to see. Uh, Not surprising there's going to be a couple more names leaking out that have made the jump uh, at some point today. Henrik Stenson was the first of the group uh, that did so. Um, If it's going to happen, chances are it's going to happen at this stage of the year because everybody wants to continue to take their shots In the majors this weekend at the Open, guys who had jumped to the Live Tour were allowed to play. Dustin Johnson was in the mix. Never really got the feeling that Dustin was going to win, but at least uh, he was in the top five, top six uh, throughout uh, yesterday's play. Um, So uh, there were Live guys who did play this week and were factors, but not really a true factor to win. How is that going to play going forward? We're just going to have to wait and see. All right, Jody Mackey with you on CBS Sports Radio. fill in for Billy R. I got the writer seat today. Um, Bill's Bill will be back tomorrow. Don't sweat it for you. Ryder fans. Um, hopefully we get uh, Rex Hoggard up here at some point. Uh, We've got a lot yet to do. I've got open phones. Nobody's jumped on to talk about the open win by Cam Smith or the end of the first half of the baseball season. How much interest you do have in tonight's all-star activities getting underway. First home run derby and then the all-star game tomorrow. whole bunch of guys filling in. They've already named upwards of 80 All-Stars. There have been that many fill-in, guys. Uh, We can go there. Or NFL training camps officially opening up today. Get on my telephone lines, 855-212-4227. Jody Mack, writer than you here on CBS Sports Radio. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Billy R's got the day off, so you got me, Jody Mack, in his stead. Our number two, Writer Than You. Uh, we will keep the phones open. You guys have not taken advantage of that yet today, but if you do so between now and the end of the show, I'm very much cool with that. 855-212-4227. Still waiting on Rex Hoggard from the Golf Channel Uh Uh, Tommy D had booked him, and he said he would be happy to come on today, and something has gone awry. Don't know exactly what, uh, but uh, hopefully we do hear from Rex before the day comes and goes. But in the meantime and in between time, uh, let's have a little bit more fun here. A uh, Bill Ryder staple. Let's play some Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports?
1: It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Jody, what do you say we started off today by talking some NFL? Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson had just two NFL seasons under his belt, but that isn't slowing down his confidence. Now, in a recent interview with Complex, Jefferson touted Devontae Adams as the top wide receiver in the league right now, but added, quote, pretty sure after this year, it's going to be me, end quote. Buy or sell that Justin Jefferson has a chance to be the top wide receiver in football this season.
0: Yeah, not happening. Um, and I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan. He's a guy whose name is uh, brought up on shows that I do wait together too often because, you know, I do... Chosen Philly. And the Philadelphia Eagles selected Jalen Rager just prior to the selection of Justin Jefferson. And as the whole backstory of who made the pick was it the Eagles scouts or was it the coaching staff who thought that Rager's skill set was a better fit? Justin Jefferson is in the conversation for the best wide receiver in the National Football League. And Jalen Rager is in the conversation for potentially being released by the Eagles. Two years into his NFL career. Yeah, this is one that's not going to go away anytime soon in Eagles lore as a major misstep by the organization. That being said, I uh, decried the Eagles at night and said, How do you pass on a guy like Jefferson? I was a huge fan when he was at LSU. Major fan, yours truly, of Justin Jefferson. Top receiver in the league. No, he needs to surpass Devontae Adams. Don't think that's happening. And, oh, by the way, he's got to surpass Cooper Cup. The best wide receiver in the National Football League was not Devontae Adams last year. It was Cooper Cup. And could he do the exact same thing again this year for Lions? Yeah, he could. So there's a couple of guys that I think Justin Jefferson has to get by. Uh, Big fan, but I'm selling that stuff that he's going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL this year.
1: Sell. All right, Jody. Now, speaking of the Vikings, former linebacker and current analyst Ben Lieber joined the Zach Gelb Show right here on CBS Sports Radio, and he explained the dynamic between Kirk Cousins and former head coach Mike Zimmer.
0: I think that Kirk can win this team a Super Bowl, and I don't
1: think that he's one of those guys that
0: has to have everything perfect like they say. I think he's going to finally thrive, really thrive, in a system, in a coach that actually respects him. I mean, it's there, it's not like I'm breaking news here that that um, Mike Zimmer did not like Kirk Cousins. And, you know, I think that that showed in the way that Kirk behaved and the way that he carried himself. It it was never given – the team was never given to him or he was never allowed to earn the trust of the team because the head coach, I think, uh, just didn't like him.
1: Ouch. My question to you, Jody. Buy or sell Kirk Cousins finding more success under new Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell?
0: Ooh, interesting. Um and that was a very uh, interesting quote that uh, Lieber gave there. Uh, I'll go by. Bye. Things will get better. But Lieber also said, and he can win a Super Bowl. Uh, so the level that uh, Lieber had it at and the level I at, are a little bit different. Your question was, can it get better under their new head coach? Yeah, sure, I'll believe that. I think Lever would know that uh, the coach didn't have enough confidence in, didn't give him the chance to grab the mantle that uh, it may not have been a perfect fit in Minnesota. That, that surely could be the case. So that's why I'll say bye. But I'm not going to the level that he's going at. Now that he is, the head coach is wrapping his arms around the starting quarterback, that Kirk Cousins is going to be taking them to the big dance. No, not going there, but as per the way you asked the question, I'll buy things will be better in Minnesota with Mr. Zimmer out the door.
1: All right, Jody, let's get to some NBA here. Now, over the weekend, Lakers point guard Russell Westbrook and his longtime agent Thad Fauché parted ways. In a statement, Fauché cited, quote, irreconcilable differences and suggested that he and Westbrook were not aligned about Russ playing out his final season with the Lakers under his, oh, by the way, 47 million dollar contract. Now Fauche felt Westbrook's best option was to remain in LA. Clearly, Russ does not. Buy or sell Russell Westbrook should want to trade out of the Lakers.
0: He's gonna get the 40 plus million no matter where he plays, right? So so the dollars and the cents are going to be exactly the same. Um yeah, if I were Russell Westbrook, I, I would have my agent attempting to move me on. It did not work there last year. It's not going to work there this year. I, I don't think Russell is outrageous to ask his agent to do what he can to get him relocated. But it's not going to happen. Here's the problem. Russell, you're no longer anywhere in the neighborhood of a $40 million player. You you can have your desires, and I don't knock you for having them. He still believes that he's one of the top players in the NBA, but my eyes tell me different. And maybe his agent is being too honest with him, and that was the reason that their relationship fell apart. Um, but I'll, I'll buy the fact that Russell Westbrook can dictate attempt to dictate terms. Not going to be able to dictate him, but he should be able to attempt to dictate him to his agent.
1: Bye! All right, Jody, the Portland Trailblazers, well, they're champions, Summer League champions, that is, beating the Knicks yesterday 85 77. Some old school defense or lack of offense. For the first time in Summer League history, the Blazers received, wait for it, championship rings. Buy or sell Summer League teams be- being awarded championship rings. Yeah,
0: depending on what the rings look like and how much money was invested in them. Uh, Hey, a win is a win is a win. I'm not going down the everybody gets a participation trophy uh, road that some people may. I'm not going to be a Scrooge here and say it's a joke, it's ridiculous. If they want to give them rings, they want to use their ring, wear their ring. I don't know how often I would wear it if I were a member of that championship team. Uh, But again, to keep the... Uh, summer league in its proper perspective I know Tommy D you're a YouTube fan quick question for you who won the 2021 NBA summer league oh boy
1: you're going to stump me on this one and, and being prepared for this question this uh, Blazers question that I wrote I know two out of the last three years they've appeared in the championship game for the summer league who they have played I have no idea
0: that would be the Sacramento Kings were your last year, 2021 Summer League champions. Now, I don't even know if they got rings or not, but you, a diehard NBA fan, forgot. Oh, now I'm going to turn up the pressure on you. Who was the MVP of last year's NBA Summer League?
1: Oh, boy. I'm going to go 0 for 2 here, Jody. You really stumped me.
0: Yeah. You got no shot. And, and uh, do not feel badly about it because... If I asked a 1,000 NBA fans, maybe one or two, knows the answer is Lewis King. So of the Kings, Lewis King won the NBA MVP in the Summer League last year. You know where he is these days? Yeah, he wouldn't even be on an NBA roster. Uh, started the season, got cut, signed a 10-day contract, didn't work out, and is an NBA free agent right now who signed with no one. So uh, the importance of the NBA Summer League needs to be kept in the proper perspective. But if you want to give him a ring, go ahead. Give him a ring. I don't have a problem with that. I'll buy it.
1: Buy. All right, Jody. The San Antonio Spurs have had a very busy offseason that included trading all-star guard DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks for not one, not two, but three first-round picks. And yesterday, the Spurs signed former first-round pick Keldon Johnson, to a four-year, $80 million deal. buy or sell the Spurs, trading DeJounte Murray, but re-signing Keldon Johnson.
0: It's fine. That's the way they want to do business. I'll say it doesn't seem to add up. If you're going to move off to DeJounte meet... no, Murray, uh, other than if you get Keldon Johnson signed... You could turn around and trade him at some point. I think you got to wait till January. It's the same thing with the whole DeAndre Ayton thing. They did match the offer, but now he's locked in and they can't trade him for months. And it would be the same thing with the extension that Johnson signed. Um, he's a solid player. He's a good player. He's a hardworking player. I think he's the kind of guy that keeps Pop around. I There was no doubt in my mind that Pop was walking away at the end of this season. And then... He's not, and he's coming back for another year. And I'm kind of surprised by it, but it's guys like Keldon Johnson. They did make the uh, play-in round this past year, so uh, maybe, maybe Pop actually thinks, I don't know how you trade to Hunter Murray and think that you're actually going to be a factor in the West next year, but uh, keeping Keldon Johnson around, love when a guy like that uh, makes good and gets paid, so more power to him and the Spurs.
1: Bye. All right, Jody, you've mentioned it throughout the show. The Seattle Mariners extended their winning streak to 14 games yesterday with a 6-2 win over the Texas Rangers. The Mariners will look to tie a franchise record with their 15th straight win, which they did in 2001 when, oh, by the way, they set an MLB record with 116 wins. But they'll have to wait until after the All-Star break. Seattle's next game is not until Friday when they host the Astros. Buy or sell the All-Star break coming at the worst possible time for the Mariners.
0: Well, I'll say even more so than the worst possible time is the worst possible matchup. That you got the Astros next, who have been the second best team in the American League behind the Yankees. Well, you're you're nine games behind them. You might as well start the pursuit, right? If you're dreaming the big dream that you can actually catch up and win your division, got to beat the Astros to begin with anyway, so... Yeah, why not put the winning streak on the line against the Astros? Uh, good, good for the Mariners. And I think Jerry Depoto, their general manager, is uh, one of the better ones in baseball. He's as uber aggressive as it comes. And, yeah, a couple of his additions have uh, made the difference there. And Julio is attempting to make Alex a forgotten Rodriguez in Seattle. Alex has forgotten a lot of different places, including a J Lo's house. But now I'm mixing too many stories together. Uh, I say, Sell. No, it's a good thing. Take sell. on, mm-hmm. take on these the Astros to start the second
1: half of the season. All right, Jody. We'll finish up with baseball here. Last question. Yesterday, Chris Sale was making just his second start of the season for the Red Sox when he was forced to exit the game with a broken pinky finger. The 33 year old sale is likely to miss the next four to six weeks. Buy or sell that Chris sale can still be an elite pitcher.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely selling. Um, sell! And for a very specific reason. And I'm saying this with tongue somewhat implanted in cheek. He's got the baseball gods working against him, he's got bad mojo, he's got bad juju. And it may all go back to when he took the knife to those Chicago White Sox uniforms years ago. The guy can't get a break. A line drive just happens to catch his hand. With Chris Zell, he's as big as he is. He's got the motion that he uses. The fact that his arms and elbows and everything else breaks down. Nobody should be surprised. But when you start getting picked off by line drives and missing six weeks of the season, there's more there it meets the eye. And I'm telling you, it's the baseball gods. He's just got bad mojo. And it may go back to his uh, designing, of, redesigning of the White Sox uniforms using a knife to slice them up their throwbacks years ago. Yeah, no, I, I think that even as talented as he is, I don't know that Chris Dale is ever going to be a major star again. All right, that'll do it for buy and sell. Always fun. I love doing that with Tommy D when I fill in for uh, Billy R. All right, we've still got 20-some-odd minutes left. We did not hear from Rex Hoggard, so uh, no golf spot today. If you guys want to talk golf, get on my phone lines. I still got 20-plus minutes left. Hit me up, 855-212-4227. Bottom of the hour, I got a CBS Sports update for you. Here's Seth Canner. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, coming down the home stretch of a Writer Than You episode. Your usual pilot, Billy R., had the day off. Uh, Mr. Writer will be back mañana right here, same bad time, same bad channel here on CBS Sports Radio. But Jody Mack wrapping up this Writer Than You episode. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. All right, uh, we did touch on the Open Championship won by Cam Smith, unfortunately. Rex Haggard got his time zones mixed up and uh, did not join us, he of the Golf Channel. Uh, Sorry for you golf fans out there We're looking forward to hearing from Rex. We booked him, he said he'd come on, he just, uh, uh, something went awry. Don't know exactly what that was. Uh, But looking ahead to tonight's Action, home run derby in L.A. should be fun. Albert Poulos will be the crowd favorite. Uh, But the first round matchup between Kyle Schwarber might be pretty difficult because Schwarber um, is the leading NL home run uh, guy. Uh, I, I want to see both of those. Unfortunately, one of them has to win and the other one has to lose. Whoever comes out of that matchup will be the guy I'll be rooting for going forward. But I do enjoy the home run derby, so I'll be tuned for that. Uh, but I do want to follow up on something that uh, Tommy brought up during uh, buyer sell, And that's uh, the statement made this weekend by Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. That, uh, yes, he readily admits right now in his evaluation the best wide receiver in the National Football League going into the year is Devontae Adams. The career that he's had, the season that he had last year, catching balls from uh, Aaron Rodgers, might not be the same, doing so for Derek Carr this year. But remember, of course, their former teammates and their best buds. And Carr was a major mover and shaker in trying to influence the Raiders to trading for uh, Devontae Adams, and they did just that. So uh, the, the drop-off may be there, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as some people think. I think Carr uh, is a, a, a pretty good quarterback. Uh, but Justin Jefferson said that while Devontae Adams may be number one, By the time the season goes over and done with, uh, we'll be talking about yours truly as the number one wide receiver in the National Football League. And Justin Jefferson has put up massive numbers his first two years in the league. And I overall like his confidence level. That's what you need out of your superstar wide receivers. It's uh, not something that we're not unaccustomed to because it is the biggest diva position in the National Football League and has been for years. But here's my issue overall with it. I told you that I I just don't know that he can get to that level this offseason. There's too many really talented superstar wide receivers that he would have to jump over to get that. I just don't think the Vikings are going to be that good. We had two Viking buy or sell items today. One, Justin Jefferson. The other one, uh, one of their broadcasters saying that look for Kirk Cousins to have that much bigger a year this year. Because he's got an offensive head coach now. No longer Coach Zimmer, who was always a defensive guy, that look for the breakout, the bust out of Kirk Cousins this year in Minnesota. Sorry, still Kirk Cousins. And Cousins is a, it's funny because uh, we mentioned Devontae Adams. I think Kirk Cousins is a lot like Derek Carr. Um, good solid quarterbacks. Good strong arm quarterbacks. Give them talent, they'll put up yards. But they're just not elite. Neither of the two guys are elite quarterbacks. And I don't think Minnesota is an elite team. They went 8-9 and nine last year. Uh, Should they be better this year with a new and improved and a different coach? Yeah, possibly. But uh, I I don't think of the Vikings as a playoff team. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to win that division this year. And, yes, I know they still have Aaron Rodgers, but they're going to miss Devontae Adams. I think they're going to win that division by default. The Vikings don't get me excited. I can't see them as a given as a playoff team. I read uh, Peter King. Good to get Peter King back. Uh, I don't know if uh, you guys are as big fans as I I am, uh, but his uh, Monday morning quarterback column is is must-read stuff each and every single Monday. Usually puts it up on Sunday night. If you're so moved you can get it on Sunday night, uh, but certainly on Monday you can go ahead and read it. And Peter always takes a month off, and he turns his column over. Two different individuals to write, and he had good fill-in guys this year. But it's Peter King's column, so I was very much looking forward to reading it this morning, and I did. And he's kind of bullish on the Detroit Lions, that he thinks Dan Campbell started something in Detroit last year, and they'll be better for it this upcoming season. They were 3-13, 3-13-1, <laughs> Can't forget that all important seventeenth game. Yes, the tie that the Lions played to last year. Yeah, I think he's gonna win about three games again this year. Maybe four. Let let's give him four and thirteen rather than three thirteen and one as an improvement for the Lions. I think the Lions are gonna be bad again. I'm sorry, I just can't get into a Jared Goff led team. Uh I think the Lions are gonna be poor. And if you've uh, listened to me at all on the weekends here on CBS Sports Radio, you know how big a Justin Field fan I am. Uh, loved the kid coming out in the draft uh, last year out of Ohio State. Um, lands in Chicago where they have uh, an offensive head coach, Matt Nagy, who's starting to wear down and was fired after the season. They replace him with a defensive head coach with Eberflus. I- Um, he's got a chance to be a good coach, but I don't know how much that's going to help the Bears' offense this upcoming season. Uh, They acquired Nikhil Harry over the weekend. Yes, the first-round borderline bust of a wide receiver draft that the New England Patriots made a couple of years ago uh, that somehow relocating to Chicago is going to wake Nikhil Harry up. And, hey, readily admit, I like the kid coming out of – uh, Arizona State. I talked to his head coach, Herm Edwards, who told me, Jody, he's a legit star wide receiver in the National Football League. He's been anything but for the three years that he spent in New England. Chicago did less during the offseason to upgrade the weapons of a very good, highly thought of young quarterback than any team in the National Football because You had a bunch of them. Uh, they... Jacksonville Jaguars overspend for Christian Kirk, but at least they attempted to upgrade the wide receiver position. My J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 in the draft, took both a wide receiver and a running back high this year to try and upgrade things for uh, their uh, young quarterback. What did the Chicago Bears do for uh, for, uh, Justin Fields? Man, next to nothing. That division, for me, stinks. The Vikings got eight wins last year because they took advantage of both the Lions and the Bears. And they'll probably do the same thing again this year. They're going to win their eight games again. Does that mean they're going to get anywhere near the Green Bay Packers? No. They finished four and a half games behind them last year. They're going to finish four, four or and a half games behind them again this year. I, I don't get it. Peter King likes the Lions. Some people like the Minnesota Vikings. I don't like that division. I think that division stinks. The Packers, by default, are going to win that division. Um, the NFC is, maybe that's how you make an argument for the Lions or, or the Vikings. The NFC is kind of wide open. You've got your defending champion Rams, um, who should be as good as they were last year, at least during the regular season. I see them winning 12 games again. And will they get on that same playoff run and end up back in the Super Bowl, Uh, and then I wouldn't be playing at home this year, uh, but they surely can. The whole Aaron Donald might retire thing got put to bed when he got his massive contract extension. Uh, But the Rams are absolutely a Super Bowl contender, as are the Tampa Bay Bucks, who, much like Aaron Donald, oh, Tom Brady went so far as to retire. He did walk away, and he walked back in about 40 days. Uh, So as long as... TB-12 is playing quarterback for the Bucs. They're a, an absolute legit Super Bowl contender. I like the Saints. I like the Saints better than any of those three other also-rans in the NFC North. They were 9-8 and eight last year. I know Sean Payton's no longer there as a head coach. Um, but if Jameis Winston can stay healthy, and I'm not saying Jameis is a franchise quarterback. Jameis is another one that I would put in the Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr grouping of a guy who is capable of spinning the football down the field, putting up yards, putting up stats, but he's got to stay healthy. He can't over uh, turn the ball over as much as he had previously uh, in his Tampa days, but he was playing pretty well for the Saints last year before he went down with the injury. Um, the the key aspect of where the Saints are going to be is yet to be determined. We don't know what Alvin Kamara's suspension is going to be, which, by the way, and if you've heard me again before, you know I'm a Roger Goodell fan. Uh, some people on social media call me a Roger Goodell apologist. I don't accept that, but I think there's a whole bunch of people that don't understand what Roger Goodell's job is supposed to be. He is the shield for his 32 bosses, the owners of the National Football League, and I think he does a damn good job of it. But the fact that we are still wondering how many games Deshaun Watson is going to be out for at this stage just is borderline unfair to the Bears. And I don't want to send any sympathy the Chicago Bears way because they decided to trade for him knowing full well all this was hanging over his head they decided to give him $230 million guaranteed dollars, knowing all this was hanging over his head, but the Bears, uh, excuse me, the Browns, and I got to believe everybody else thought that there would at least be a hint as to how many games Deshaun Watson was going to be out for this upcoming year, yet that's not the case. Right, camps are opening up. I don't know if you enjoyed your downtime, the NFL offseason, which was the last couple of weeks, but. You need to give teams like the Saints and the Bears, uh, notific- the uh, the Browns notification up to what they're working with. If it's not a massive suspension of Alvin Kamara, yeah, I think the Saints are a playoff team. But the Falcons are bad. The Panthers are bad. In the NFC East, I think it's a two-team race, the Eagles and the Cowboys. You know that no team is repeated as divisional champion in the last 17 years in the NFC East. So the Cowboys have that hurdle that they have to get over. And the only team that I see that can actually surpass the Dallas Cowboys is the Philadelphia Eagles. And, oh, by the way, there's a massive question mark on the Eagles. What is Jalen Hurts going to be? I don't know. My Eagle fans that call me in Philadelphia want to know, and I can't tell them. I'd love to be able to say, no, you know, this is it. Bust out year. Jalen Hurts showed enough last year. He's going to get a contract extension. Eagles are in good hands at the quarterback position. I don't know that, but nor am I ready to go where some Eagle fans are. How did Howie Roseman not get a better quarterback this offseason? How did we not get either Russell Wilson and or deep swallow Deshaun Watson? They didn't. They are going back with Jalen Hurts again, who is in his third year in the league, Second year as a starter. I expect improvement. You go out and you get A.J. Brown, massive wide receiver addition. You should get better. Uh, these are the things we're going to be talking about for the next couple days, couple weeks, couple of months leading up to the start of the NFL season. And, you know, Bill Ryder will be doing that for you tomorrow morning right here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, thanks, Tommy D, for producing today's show. I'll catch you back here on the weekend on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack, over and out. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.